I am Daniel Lucas and welcome to Movie 101 Review. Movie 101 is all about the movies that I like for the last 40 years. And today, I have my special guest. He is an actor, director, no other than Mr. Patrick Moog. Hello, Mr. Patrick. How are you doing? Great. How are you doing, Daniel? <laughs> I'm fabulous like you. <laughs> Good. I'm doing really well. Thank you very much. That's be awesome. So let's talk about your uh, series, Blue Goose. Why is it in the poster, Mr. Patrick? Only Blue Goose. There's no keys to the Blue Goose. The working title at the very beginning was Keys to the Blue Goose. And it's been marketed, you know, two different ways. Uh, so sometimes people refer to it as Blue Goose. And uh, the whole title. So the Michigan State Police, they have a, a special unique color to their uh, patrol car. And the, the troopers themselves finally refer to their vehicle as the Blue Goose. And so when we we're getting ready to do this project, uh, I had seen of a recruiter uh, talking to uh, potential trooper recruits. And he was saying that, you know, you have to, you're going to have to go through this tough academy because we just don't give anybody the keys to the blue goose. And so that's, that's uh, what the uh, title that, uh, how it originated. What do you think is more catchy, blue goose or keys to the blue goose? I think Keys to the Blue Goose is more catchy. Uh, now, as you market things, you know, different uh, uh, broadcasters, whatever, they, you know, they, they could change it at any time, uh, make it, you know, they might think it has to be shorter or what have you. But I think Keys to the Blue Goose is catchy and it has a little story behind it. Definitely. So why is it in there that in development? In development? Yes. Okay, so the project, we filmed uh, the Academy from the beginning to the end, and we have um, edited the pilot episode that's completed, and we have enough footage. We have over a thousand hours of footage. So we have enough footage for 13 more episodes, which we have put into a show Bible. Um, it's been a few years since we filmed it, so... Uh, we almost had it sold a couple times to different, you know, networks. Uh, and right now we're thinking about possibly doing um, a follow-up series to it where we go out and interview the, the recruits from this academy that we were uh, interviewed and recorded. And we see where they are right now in their current duties and uh, making Keys to the Blue Goose um, a current make it about where they are now and what how the academy helped them get to where they are now so that's why it's in development wow interesting series so yes. keys to the blue goose how did you craft it how did i craft it yes it's an excellent question you know uh when i done the the pilot episode Uh, it would be the first time that I was going to put together 
something that, you know, it's, it's a documentary series, but also with that such a huge market of the reality world um, that I looked at a lot of successful uh, reality shows like Deadliest Catch. And so how I crafted it is we went in. What's different about this is when you go into film like a, a narrative, a feature film, uh, where you have the script, that's like your roadmap. Going into this type of a project, you don't really have the roadmap until after you film it. We uh, filmed the Academy from the beginning to the end, and I didn't know what I was going to do in the pilot episode until after the, the, the recruits had graduated. Now, I, I started to get a feel for what I might do, you know, as we were going along and we were filming it. So in order to craft the pilot episode, I had to watch, you know, quite a few, you know, quite a few uh, hours of from the first, say, ooh, first three, four weeks of the, the Academy that we filmed. And then I wrote a script for the first episode. Uh, and then working with an, uh, we put together the pilot. Though, so the one thing that I I learned from looking at reality yep. shows and you know documentary series, the editing style, I felt that we I think we really did a great job with the pilot episode. Uh, for me, I think the secret to the style of filmmaking is when you put it together, you're fighting competition in terms of like. I think of myself when I was putting this together with our editor, if I was sitting down and I'm watching television, I'm going to have a remote control in my hand. And I don't want the person watching our project to hit the, you know, the remote control, change the channel. And what my opinion is the successful shows, they change the stimulus somehow subtly. There's a different stimulus that you see every three to five seconds. But it has to be subtle. It's not herky-jerky. But there is something new to make you get, pull you into the story. So that, I think, was the big thing I did, uh, which I had never done before, uh, to craft this pilot episode. Yes, congratulations for the pilot episode. And thank you for sharing. Really good. Congratulations. Well, thank the, you, Mr. Daniel. Uh, the way you do it, there is interesting twist and turn in the first pilot. Oh, thank you. And now one thing that uh, also I did uh, that I think uh, makes it unique is you, I looked around to see if there was any other shows that were uh, following academies. And there was an academy show uh, that followed the Los Angeles uh, Sheriff's Department. And I watched their program and I thought it was, I thought it was excellent. And, but the one thing, you know, like you and I talked about uh, in our, one of our previous conversations, as a director, you want to put your, your taste, you know, your vision into a project. You just don't want to mirror what other people have done. And so the one thing that I, I wanted to bring into this academy project is I wanted to bring in not just seeing the recruits at the building being trained, but I wanted to see the real world application, even though the recruits weren't out of the academy yet. There's other incidents that I can show that relate to trained. And so, as you saw in the pilot episode, we brought in a traffic stop where there was a trooper stopped uh, a person all by himself, uh, and he 
had him out of the car and he asked him about if he had any weapons on him. And he said, I just want to pat you down, make sure you don't have any weapons on him. And the guy, the driver who was now out of the car actually said to him, oh, you mean like this gun? And he pulled a gun out and he thrust it into the trooper's chest. And instantly they had a fight over that handgun. And so even though that wasn't part of the current recruit school, school we were filming, it tied to the danger of why why it was so the the toughness that the academy that these recruits were about to go through i think that drove home why to the viewers why it's important that it you know it is such a strict academy you're very well said mr patrick so keys to the blue goose is based on the true stories or uh you just invented it oh no it is all true stories and it's not just about the the police uh, of them navigating through this tough recruit school and and the michigan state police recruit school is known in the united states and and internationally as one of the toughest recruit schools to go through but that's not just what the the the, the program's about it's about the 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 human beings that are trying to make it through this this tough uh regiment and it's all you know it's 100 true there's nothing you know, sometimes people wonder, you know, how much of a reality show is true. And, you know, do they, you know, do they script some of the interviews or, or make things happen? Absolutely 0% of that. This We followed this, uh, this class that started. And it's such a tough recruit school that usually they have like, I think, I forget the number. I think they usually have like about 20% uh, drop out that they don't complete the course. So with that type of uh, stress and physicality, you, you don't have to make something up for it to be dramatic. Uh, but then also we wanted to see the human side. So we all we also followed the recruit, uh, the trooper recruits. We followed them, was interviewed them, met their families, and um, I think we made a I think we made a piece that you just you don't have to just be a law enforcement enthusiast. I think I think. Uh, if you enjoy, you know, this type of uh, documentaries about people struggling, doing something extremely difficult, uh, I think you would like this, uh, no matter whether or not you just are, you know, want to see it for law enforcement reasons. Yes, definitely. So what are your expectations to this series? Uh, well, like I said, we almost sold it a couple times. Um, and my expectation right now is to try to get it back out there, uh, get people interested in it. And again, with the, the concept that we're going to do a follow up documentary, uh, about where the recruits in that class, where they are now, um, quite a few of them have gone on to have great careers They're They've been undercover officers. They've been detective. Like, as a matter of fact, I was just speaking to one, um, within the last month or so, and some of them got out of law enforcement. So, you know, there's there's been some tough tough things going on in the country uh, for law enforcement in the last couple of years, and it's not for everybody. So those stories, those stories that have continued from when, when we filmed, that's that's what I want to do. I want to take I want to take what we already filmed uh, and I want to catch up with where these recruits are now. So if, let's say, Keys to the Blue Goose become phenomenal, 
do you think this line of uh, series will you do it again? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, be because I think every every part of our country, you know, we have the different regions of our country have different stories, you know, uh, why people want to uh, go into law enforcement. Because when you, it, you know, and it's not just me saying it, you know, you can just, you know, Google about the recruits for law enforcement across the country. Uh, you know, in the last couple of years, it's, it's dropped. People, they, you know, they see what's been going on in terms of like how officers are perceived after certain inc incidents. And like I said, buddy, and there's also, because of that, there's a lot of people that probably could be really good police officers who are, are, sh are shy that are, you know, they, they're, uh, they're afraid to go into a profession profession where not only are they're putting themselves at danger, but if they get in the wrong situation, you know, they could put, you know, um, different, negative situations so so yeah so i think if if we do get picked up uh documentaries i think we would do it again you know perhaps follow a different recruit school from a different uh, uh state police academy uh in, an, in another state yes definitely so keys to the blue goose what are your struggles in filming it uh in terms of filming it uh I think it, it it was getting uh, the everyone to to uh, let their their guard down to trust us uh, when you when you in a historically uh, proud you know profession uh, uh, department like the Michigan State Police you they're not sure if you bring a camera into that other side of the, you know, the other side of the curtain, you know, how they're going to come out and look. And you know, I never was looking to do a gotcha series. I'm certainly not um, going to make it just, a, it's not a fluff piece. Uh, it's an honest, true piece. But like I said, it was not something I wasn't like looking out, going out to make anybody look bad. I believe the, this, the toughness of this academy, how hard it is for for the recruits to get through it, that involved. Uh, so anyway, so I had a little bit of uh, difficulty trying to get people to trust us where they could tell us about their, their innermost feelings of why they wanted to be a police officer. You see our interviews with our, our uh, recruits. After, it took a couple of weeks, but they came to trust us. And to me, that ended up being probably some of the best footage we got is when we found out why they wanted to be a police officer. We had a lot of veterans uh, from our, the military. Uh, we had a lot of people that it was a matter of their faith that they wanted to really follow human being. Uh, so, and the, you know, there was also the tradition, family tradition. They're honoring their, their mother or father who have, who had also been uh, either police officers in other agencies or had been uh Michigan State Police Troopers. So I think that was the toughest thing is to get them to trust us to, so that they could open up and help us tell their story. Yes, definitely. So uh, keys to the Blue Goose, what will be the highlight of the series? Mm. Well, I think you could say the graduation uh, I, you know, that can be the, the easy answer. Um, 
but I I th I think each each of the episodes has its own different uh, highlight. And the f the first episode I th think was just the the seriousness or the difficult difficultness of what they were about to start. Um, but I think overall, Mr. Daniel, I think the highlight for me was listening to the, the, the family, the families, their interviews, talking about, you know, because in their recruit school, they would go, uh, they report on Sunday and 24-7 until Friday night. So for these 20-some weeks, Sunday to Friday night, they're away from their families. And so that, you know, a lot of these recruits already have spouses and children, and that puts a lot of stress on them. And to see how they were in support and they, you know, they, they sucked it up. You know, they, they did without their spouse. Uh, that was a highlight for me. As a matter of fact, one of the recruits who's, who would, had been a, a veteran had and served in the Middle East, his, his wife, well, it was actually tougher for her than when he went to the Middle East because she only had to say goodbye to him once. But every Sunday night for this, for 20 weeks, she had to say goodbye to him, and it was it was tough on her. So I think, uh, yeah, I, I, seeing the raw emotion from the family is my highlight for this. Definitely. So keys to the blue goose. What is this tragedy to market this series? Uh, well, I think it is to uh, I get it back out again because we had we had some traction going. You know, we had we had one distributor. Uh, it was Relativity, uh, which was at the time. This was quite a while ago. They were real big. And they actually, when they looked at our pilot episode, the first thing they said to us is, we'll get seven seasons out of this. But things happen. People are, you know, they're cautious about putting a, a show on. So I think the strategy is to get it back out. But also, I think in the next few months, I'm going to be in the position to either edit the second episode or do a follow-up complete uh first episode where we catch up with them 10, you know, 10 years later, you know, when they're in their career. And then we'll just, we'll, we'll take it back out to California and there's different reality, uh, reality shows, conferences that I went through before that I'll go again. Uh, and we'll try to get a sales rep and, uh, that's, that's what we'll do. We'll start, we'll start getting it out there. Yes. Cross my finger, Mr. Patrick. That Thank will you. Be are you considering Netflix, Amazon, or the big uh, companies to market this series? Yes, absolutely. All those we consider all. And there's also a talk of uh, possibly doing a uh, a scripted narrative show uh, from the the various detective cases uh, that the major. Uh, major cases uh, unit of the Michigan State Police uh, for the years. So that could be a possibility. Um, so I don't know if that might be something that could lead to the Keys of Blue Goose getting picked up or vice versa. The Keys of Blue Goose could lead, lead to uh, the major cases uh, concept being developed. 
Yes, definitely. So if Keys to the Blues become a blockbuster or a big hit as a series, will you consider to be uh, in, a, in a movie, a motion picture? Uh, yeah, I think so. If Because uh, I am still an actor. I think if we did a, the major cases uh, narrative, uh, scripted show, I think uh, I would I would uh, possibly play uh, a role as an actor, but uh, I would definitely be either a showrunner or a producer or, or direct a couple of episodes. But uh, you know, once once you got the acting bug, you you know you can't get cured of that. So yeah, yes, <laughs> so, I would definitely <laughs> go on and go on and go on until you achieve your being. Uh, Best director. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Any kind of award-winning bodies. <laughs> so, Mr. Partick, before we go on, I want to shout out to the people listening in Singapore. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast because this podcast is created to empower movies, directors, actors, actresses that that uh, we need to empower, just like Mr. Patrick Moog. So, Mr. Patrick, aside from series and uh, this upcoming cinematic, uh, uh, Captain Buffalo, what will be your next project? I think, my, I think my very next one is, uh, the working title right now is Babe Ruth Saves Detroit. Uh, it's a romantic comedy. Uh, there's actually a little, a little, trailer on youtube for it that we did a few years back under babe ruth saves detroit and uh it's it's a roman romantic comedy it's fictional but it's inspired by a true uh incident true story of a, a gentleman who who's a baseball uh fanatic uh fan and uh he's also um somebody that just loves history of not only baseball, but the city of Detroit. And he throws a birthday party for Babe Ruth in the city of Detroit every year for the last, all oh, 30, I think 35 years since 19. And he gets, he gets five to 700 people to come to the party. And he supplies everybody with hot dogs, Baby Ruth bars, Cracker Jacks, because he just wants people to have a good time on Babe Ruth's birthday. So I wrote, I think it's such a unique story in of itself. I wrote a fictional uh, romantic comedy uh, inspired by that. And uh, we're, we already have filmed a couple days. As a matter of fact, uh, last year we were able to secure the rights to a couple songs from uh, an R&B uh, singer, Barbara Lynn, who had uh, several top 10 hits in the 60s and 70s. And she's going to be in the film. We already filmed her. She's a, she's just a, she's become a, a dear friend of mine since this. She's uh, 80 years old. She's in Beaumont, Texas. So shout out to Barbara Lynn. And uh, so yeah, I, I have, I think we're going to be able to film that within the next say four to six months. Congratulations! So, Babe Ruth, what is your expectation? Uh, well, for that, my expectation is uh, it'll. There's going to have a feel. It's going to be set. Uh, there's going to be uh, some Christmas feel to it. Uh, I'm thinking that uh, we're going to do the film festival market with it, but we're also going to look at some of the 
the streamlined platforms and networks that like Christmas movies. But at the same time, also, I'm I'm designing it so that uh, it can be a standalone film outside of the Christmas genre, where it could be a heart, art house film. Uh, I think it's a character driven script that uh, all the actors that uh, that have been cast so far, uh, I think they're going to cut their teeth on it, and I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a uh, it's going to be really good. I'm really excited about it. Yes, if you're excited, we are more excited <laughs> to watch. Is it your first cinema, uh, cinematic movie or you have debut cinematic movie already? Well, my very first, it won't be my, it will be my, uh, my second of, of a cinematic narrative feature. Um, you know, because as you and I discussed, Captain Buffalo is my stage play and we filmed that uh My first film that I did was an action fight film called The Ugly One, which is, uh, I think you can see it on YouTube. It was a micro budget and, uh, you know, we ended up never getting dis distribution for it. But uh, we did we did a lot of good things in that. Uh, we had Wes Studi, uh, who uh, people know from uh, Daniels, uh, Last of the Mohicans, Heat. We were able to get him in the film for and for a micro budget. Uh, that was a that was a pretty good feather in our cap, and we had a lot of great fight scenes in that. And uh, I, as every as, as as everybody who's ever been so much from each project, and that project we learned a lot from it. So, but that was my first cinematic style uh, film, and then uh, we did the uh, Keys to the Blue Goose and the Captain Buffalo. Uh, so, Babe Ruth saves Detroit will be back to the cinematic narrative, which is, that's my number one passion. I love all, all of our film projects. I love 100%. It's, you know, it's that saying, you know, all filmmakers say it, you know, all your projects are like your children. You love each and every one of them. Um, but my goal is I always just want to get back to that feature cinematic version or you know, style. So Detroit is something that I'm, you know, I'm really looking forward to doing. Yes, definitely. So on your first cinematic uh, movie, what did you learn from your uh, directing? Oh, wow. I learned so much. Uh, I learned probably overall the best, biggest, biggest lesson is that the story, you write the story three times, especially, you know, like, like, Myself, I usually write my projects. So you write the screenplay. Uh, so that's the first time you write the story. Then you show up and that screenplay is your roadmap. But as you're filming, you know, your actor, you know, it's a, it's a collaboration. And as you're on set, you know, things happen where all of a sudden you, as a director, you got to steer it within that roadmap of your screenplay but you also got to be aware of what's around you. And sometimes uh, an actor will do something or suggest something, or sometimes your cameraman will say, Hey, what if we, what if we do something over here and you got to be flexible and you just can't say, Oh, but I wrote it like this. If it's better, suck it up and take it, you know, soak it up. And then, so you're rewriting it on, on your set. Well, then, When you get into the editing room and you're putting it all together, you're you're rewriting your story for the third time. And it's it's funny 
all the lessons I learned on set my first time around as a director, as I was editing, it was like you saw all those lessons you learned. Plus, as you're putting the pieces together, you're learning on top of that. So uh, I think that's the number one thing I learned is that you're going to tell you're going to rewrite you're going to write your story three times, you know, when you write the screenplay, when you film and then when you edit it. And then there's a whole bunch of little lessons I learned after that. <laughs> Definitely. So do you think in your uh, Babe Ruth, you will be more polished? Yes. In terms of everything that you want to put on this uh, new movie of yours. Right. So the, the key to having learned what I just talked about, what you need to do to help yourself out, and I don't care what budget you have I'm, i i believe you have to do this at all times but even more so when you have a micro budget which i will be having this time around with this this project you that knowledge that you're going to be rewriting the movie on the set and rewriting the movie in the editing you have to take that and before you begin you have to visualize and actually put yourself as much as you can through those days of filming and then through those days of editing start filming and so by doing that hopefully you can like the lessons i learned on the ugly one in the room this I, i'll know this beforehand so you could hope you can hopefully save yourself like lost time of filming and you know also you you run it smoother and the you know the smoother you can run your set the 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 more the more you can film and capturing the film is so important you know when we were editing the ugly one i remember there was times where we had because it was a it was a it was like a comic book genre and so we were creating this you know fantasy world that no one knew of and there were times where like in editing where we were discovering like oh that's kind of a weak concept we have there and we would find different shots that weren't even attended to address a certain problem and we're like, hey, we could use that shot to reinforce what we're trying to do here. And I remember thinking, if I, if you could just, the more film you can get to give you those options in the editing room, you feel like you could correct any mistake you made. And well, that comes back to running your production smoothly. If you're prepped and prepared and, and you're able to you know, get in a, your full day what you planned, if you get all that footage, the more the most you can the more you can get, the better when you go to edit. So. Yes, definitely. So your first uh, debut uh, movie is Ugly One, the then, Ugly One, yep, and then the Captain Buffalo, yep. and then Keys to the Blue Goose and Babe Ruth uh, for this coming. Right. Uh, wow. So. Those four, uh, let's say, uh, movies or Captain Buffalo is uh, it's not uh, cinematic, right? Right. It's a stage play. You can see it right now. We filmed it and we, you know, it was a stage play that we filmed. We crafted as as cinematically as we could, but it was still on a on a stage, you know, so. And so if you compare Ugly One and Captain Buffalo, which is more easier for you to direct? Oh boy. Well, I learned my lessons. I learned a lot of lessons from the ugly one. 
But the reason I w- the reason I did Captain Buffalo the way I did was because it was it was so contained. It was easier to direct, even though I was I was a better director when I did Captain Buffalo. But the the project itself, even if I would have done that as my first, it would have been a lot easier to do than the ugly one. So Captain Buffalo, you know, because it was on a stage, what I did was we had we had the actors rehearse the crew for three to four weeks. They were ready to go. We brought the crew in and we filmed with three cameras and we ran it the play from beginning to end twice on one day without an audience. And then the second day we ran it once again without an audience. We ran it at night with an audience and each time we had three cameras. So that gave us, you know, those four takes by three cameras. In essence, that was like the whole film. It was like I had 12 shots or 12 options to pick when we edit it. Uh, so we were able to g- capture all that film in two two days. With the ugly one, we tried to do it with you know s- traditional cam one camera, uh, and we tried to do it in nineteen days. And it was a full script. It was a you know one hundred and five pages, one hundred and ten pages, and we couldn't get it in eighteen days. We ended up coming back like two months later, and we shot again for another five days. So, and all the things they tell people don't do on your first film, they tell you don't do things on the water, uh, don't don't work, with, <laughs> don't work with children, uh, and uh, <laughs> or or don't work with animals. Uh, yeah. We did everything, but we didn't work with animals. Like we filmed on the water. We had we had some, a couple scenes with children, and uh, and then we also we set somebody on fire. We had stuff. I lucked out. I uh, I met the. Uh, a group of stuntmen from Toronto who had been in the industry for like 25 years. And they, they uh, came and they uh, performed various stunts for us. They trained my friends from the SWAT team to do film. And, uh, but then when we had, we did a full body burn, one of the professional stuntmen, they uh, stepped up and they did that for us. And when we're about to do that, I was like, we're about to let this set this man on fire. And I was like, why did I write this? I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, if something goes wrong here, this is this is not going to be good. But like, but they we had we had professionals, and it went it went it went flawless. It went it really it really did. Yes, and I salute you for doing a cup in Buffalo because, as a director, uh, your creativity will come out. You how you manage the play. Uh, with one camera. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. It, it's really uh, saying that you are a good director, Mr. Patrick. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I really, I really do appreciate that. Yes. And I hope you will produce more like, uh, like Captain Buffalo. It's because uh, people don't like those genre, but those people think deeply I think profoundly, they love those styles, <laughs> don't right. you think? Yeah, you know it's it's amazing when you think of like in state the stage world. Um, so many people, 
that you think wouldn't necessarily be theater people and you get in a conversation with them and and you're like they might not go to the theater as much as they want to but they the most people you talk to say oh no i i love going to a play and it's just film a stage play if you don't have a big actor's name in it it's hard to get people to look at it the people that so far the feedback i've received has been all you know it's been positive very positive for captain buffalo and a lot of people have also said they can't wait to see the cinematic version to see how i'm how i'm going to do it differently than how i did it on stage Yes, definitely. We're looking forward to it. <laughs> We're not giving you the pressure, but I know you can do it. <laughs> For the Oscar, as I said. <laughs> so be- before we go on, Mr. Patrick, I'm inviting you to listen to my other podcast, Food 101, on our third season with Chef Alessandro, one of the executive chef. Of one of the five-star hotel in downtown Toronto. Plus, please do listen to my latest episode with Miss Ali Wing, uh, CEO of Ubli, uh, and we talk about the sweet proteins that help us to eradicate obesity and diabetes. So it's one of a kind of breakthrough that we need. to know and to tell to the world. So please do listen Food 101. So Mr. Patrick, keys to the Blue Goose, what else you can say about it? Well, if anybody would like to see it, once again, I'd like find me on Facebook. You know, it's uh, uh I've posted it there and I've also posted it on uh, my Facebook 22-Detroit Films or Bowie22Films-Detroit. Uh, and they can always shoot me a message, tell me what they like about it. And yeah, and I'll, by reaching out and connecting with me, they'll be able to see when we uh, have any uh, new uh, news to uh, report on it. Yes. So Bowie22, it's your own company, right? Yes, correct. How did you create it? Well, when we did the ugly one, I created it uh, for that project and So I grew up in the city of Detroit, and when I when I was a youngster, my dad was an avid fisherman, and uh, one of our favorite fishing holes. And now there's a lot of fishermen in Detroit that are be going saying, "Don't be telling this," but it was <laughs> it was a great fishing hole. It was Bowie Twenty Two, and so it was a it was a special place for me. And so I wanted to name uh, my company something that. represented Detroit and and that I had a so that's that's how I came up with that name wow sounds interesting so Bowie22 what will be uh the future well the future will be uh, uh Babe Ruth says Detroit and then there's I I have I have quite a few other screenplays completed um I slowly just want to keep chipping away at them, doing uh, doing uh, uh, more projects. Uh, I'm lucky I've, I wrote a screenplay uh, from a book called Rewired. Uh, it's uh, it's been in hard hard cover, and then it came out in paperback in the last couple months uh, by Dr. A.J. Seth. I wrote the screenplay uh, to accompany that book, 
It's a great true story. Uh, people, um, it's a, a medical miracle uh, that took place uh, in Ohio a few years ago. And uh, I also, uh, you know, like I said earlier, all my projects are passion projects. I have a project, uh, Dr. Stuart Kirschenbaum, who's a who's a just a wonderful man, who's very uh, uh, humanitarian, and he's always his whole life he's loved the the sport of boxing, and uh, he tried to help out quite a few boxers who were down on their luck, and so one of the stories is very compelling, and uh, we've written a, a screenplay about that, and um, also a faith-based family film called Mr. Cinnamon's Donkey that uh, I worked with a gentleman named Paul Stuhlgross. We wrote that. And uh, so, yeah, we've buoyed 22 films. We've got a lot of projects we're hoping to do here in the next few years. Yes, crossing our finger. That will be become blockbuster. Oh, oh yeah, let's Mr. hope Patrick. so. Yes, let's patronize the movie films. So, Mr. Patrick, can you set me up an interview for your the book that you're talking about? I want to feature him on my book, 101 Review, and uh, we're going to promote the movie. Oh, absolutely. If, absolutely. If it, if I will do that. Yeah, I will reach out to Dr. Seth uh, tomorrow, and we'll set that up. Yes, definitely. It's a good point for the promotional of the movie. Yes, Yes, definitely. So, keys to the blue goose. In case uh, a movie output or uh, what it goes on Netflix or Amazon will take in, you know, what is your plan? Is it that the whole series will be uploaded, or you do it one by one? Uh, well, I think within the next few months we'll probably do the second one, and then hopefully after they view the first and second one, that they would, uh, we would get the budget to do the whole series. And then we would upload, you know, the whole series, maybe one a, a week or however, uh, whichever uh, broadcast uh, purchasing uh, want to do it. Yes, definitely. Because on Amazon, I observed that some of the series that they are featuring, sometimes they put with the first episode, the second episode, and then uh, the remaining is like bi-weekly and bi-weekly. Yes, exactly. Yes. So let's cross our finger, uh, Keys to the Blue Goose. And uh, one more. If you describe Keys to the Blue Goose, five adjectives, what are they? Oh, boy. Uh, <sighs> challenging, exciting, daunting, thrilling, and courageous. Yes, definitely. Because I I saw the pilot. All those adjectives were there. <laughs> uh, okay, congratulations, Mr. Patrick, for your upcoming series. I hope uh, one of these days I can see anywhere, any platform. Yes. Thank you, Mr. Daniel. Morning, people. See you soon. Right, take care.